Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Blog Talk Radio. Terrible. Archangels, Ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my, it's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others, here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girl. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and I am here with my co-host, PK. How are you tonight, PK? Well, I'm doing fine, but I'm afraid our connection's a little messy tonight. I don't know if it's the rain, the cold, the winds, or powers that be just getting even with us for something. I don't know yet. Yeah, I know. I, I, we've been trying to correct these uh, audio problems, but it seems like it's going to haunt us a little bit tonight. So we hope everybody's going to bear with us. We have a lot of things to talk about and a terrific guest tonight. This is going to be a great show. We have Dr. Shelley Care with us tonight, and we're going to be talking about the power of past life therapy and past lives with pets, my favorite topic. So Everybody just stay tuned, bear with us with any audio stuff that comes about. We'll do our best to get all the information to you. And I know, PK, you've been looking at the numbers, so tell us a little yes. bit about what is going on. Well, it's the worst part about this is we're in a seven-universal month and a seven-universal day, and it's prone to make everything get a little crazy and messed up. It deals with a lot of spirituality and a lot of learning, also a lot of fears and fantasies. Uh, it's just, what can you say if you say, I'd like to stick my head under the pillow instead of on top of it? <laughs> it's about dealing with faith, and the power of faith is what's going to get us through all of this, not just today's issues, but it's all been building up over a period of time. World events, the spiritual learning Fears, fantasies, every bit of this is making everybody second-guess, become fearful and doubtful. And today, since everything is doubling up, when the seven is around, our spirituality is to be worked on. And it's, it's a strong time for learning and for teaching and working off of that element. But it also has the boogeyman sitting on our shoulder. And we're not always we're, you know, able to take a look at what's what. But the day and the month are identical, which means it's too much, of it, too much, period. That's all there is to it, just too much. So world events are going to be crazy and not what we would consider norm. The 
they're all things that are going on or to teach us how to deal with things in a different or a better way. Also to show us limitations for us not to be fearful. Let's turn it around instead of using the fear of what's going on. Let's use the spiritual side. Let's use the God force to uplift us and go forward with this. Because this is about lessons. It is about our universal health ongoing right now. The, the limitations that we add to ourselves are going to make us stop and think. And the, the main thing is being kinder to one another. Think what we need and know that every other person we're looking at more than likely needs the same thing. We've got a lot going on where we can teach one another, but we're, this is a karmic month. This is a karmic year. Four deals with restrictions and limitations. And boy, have we been facing that nose to nose. So yes, let's have. not be greedy. We're not all going to be needy. We'll all work to help one another. We've got people picking up the phones asking, are you a neighbor that needs something? Does somebody need that? So we've got so many that are working on the positive side. And for those few yahoos that have got the grocery carts to the moon and back with the toilet tissue and whatever, shame on you. Other than that, that's kind of where we are right now. Yes, it's it's an interesting time, and we do need to take care of each other. I think it's it's really important. Every crisis brings people together in its in mm-hmm. its best, not in its worst, well, but in its best. So yes, you know, if we can reach out to our neighbors who are elderly or who may not have what they need, and ask if we can get it for them, it, it's a wonderful thing. And it, it breeds a, a, a good feeling, and we're taking care of each other rather than turning to the government to take care of us or turning to each other. And that well, self-reliance is so important. That are asking their neighbors what can they do for them and how can they help. And I've got neighbors that have called me and said, you know, do you need something? Can I help you? That's what we're supposed to be doing, folks. And, God, it's, it's, it's so uplifting to see that somebody reaching out towards you makes you want to reach out to the next person. Yes, it does, to pay it forward. It's wonderful. And, again, it can encourage a lot more self-reliance, which is what we need. Again, rather than turning to the government to do everything for us, they have their role, but we have to do our part and not just sit around and, and expect everything's going to go away. This isn't going to go away. It looks like the timing on this, according to what you were saying, uh, maybe May. This will stop it will for a while. It will be sometime in May. could be the 1st of June because next month we're, we've got some additional issues that will be taking place that can help us clear some of these things out. But basically, if we work in tandem, it's all going to work out, and we're going to see things done in a nicer, more constructive way. But if we break from the chain, shall we say, and people, we have some rogues going on, that's when we may get in trouble. But I look for things, hopefully, to start looking bright when it comes to May, and that by June, hopefully, we'll feel better, that at least everything will be under control. That will be good. Yeah. we'll we'll, We'll do fine with that up until more than likely when the eight years starts. But, but there's going to be some issues. But if we do it right now, we won't have any problems later or minuscule problems versus major ones. That sounds like a plan. I like it. 
So that's wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that. That gives us some hope. It gives us some things to do in the meantime and know that this will clear. That's important information. So that's all very good. And I know, PK, you put out a call on your page that if anybody wanted to speak with you and get some support in this time to please call in. And right. you would be available for them. And it looks like we do have a caller on the line. Let's see if they want to talk to you. I'm going to bring them on. And this is 520638, okay. area code 520 again. Is that me? Hi, you're live on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Diane. How are you? Hi, Patricia. Patricia, Hi, Patricia. Diane. How are you doing okay. today? It's a little huh? bit, your connection's not too red. Hi, well, listen, okay? I went to Costco this morning and um, had the most imo- amazing experience there. That was wonderful. So oh, that's I I got to tell you guys, um, if, if we can keep a positive attitude about what's going on and, and stay as healthy as we can um, and just lighten up around this, I, I don't mean that we don't do that at all, but um, everybody seemed at Costco was so so together and so helping each other mm-hmm. out. It was amazing. And well, that's great. The, that's, that's and the, the best store part. was so on point with keeping everything organized. I got there at like 930. They told me that people were at their doorstep at 5 a.m. and they didn't open until 9. Okay. Wow. Um, well, I've noticed one thing that some of the stores here – are opening a couple of hours earlier, like at 7, 7.30, for people that are over 65. And I right. think that's great because wonderful. that is yes. going to make it a big difference for a lot of people. But I think what's really going to be difficult, my experience, what I'm seeing is that we don't know what stores are opening when, that, that there's not a lot of um, ways to find out like where you where you can go at 5 a.m. or 6.30 in the morning to get your things as a senior citizen. But other than that, I think, I, honestly, I, I'm personally trying to just transcend any uh, fears that I have. Uh, yeah, well, I think the main, main thing, Diane, is to check out the local radio TV stations. They will have a listing of, of who's available what stores are going to be open because they're posting it on those areas so we can. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, I'm going to go on. Yeah, TV is hard to do. It You have to go online, I guess, because TV is, you have to catch it when it happens to be on their their show. No, but there, there's, there each, uh, each one of these facilities have a phone number, and you can call in and, they'll, and just tell them what, to, they ask what you need. They'll direct you to the right place. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, I'm not in a panic anyway. I have everything I need. I don't I'm not hoarding anything. I just I just happen to be a planner as life goes on anyway. Yeah. So I I well, I try oh, to have you know, when I run me. when I You're take the last thing of something I put it on the list and I replace yeah. it, you know. Um so I, I just I'm really um hoping that I can help I live in a community where there are a lot of people, you know, seniors. Mm-hmm. And um, if I can help them um, in any way, I will. But I also don't want to, if, if I've been exposed, I don't want to expose people either because no. I do go out. That's what you you know? don't have to help one another in, in a way that's comfortable and makes it right. user-friendly. We all have to be user-friendly right now. 
Exactly. Thank you for calling, Diane. I really All appreciate right. it. Take care. Take care. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Diane. I well, know a lot of great. people are where to get the information, but that's really going to be helpful, especially for the elderly. And I do want to mention something else that I saw in the news today, and this is very important. You know, they've been identifying the elderly as a prime target for uh, very serious health issues with this virus, right. possible death. However, there is some information coming in from France that is very troubling. And what it's saying is, that now what's happening, they're getting very critical cases, and the people who are being affected are millennials. So they're having critical cases, people being admitted to the ICU in that age group and dying from the disease. So if there are millennials out there that think they're immune to this, you're wrong, you're not. And, in fact, this virus may be, targeting you in a way you did not expect because of the way it was identified as an elderly issue. It is not. So I want to be very clear about that. That's the latest research that's coming out of France with the cases they are having. So we need to keep an eye on all of that. Nobody's immune to this. Nobody. No. They were saying that young children and that there's no problem. And yet they just mentioned today on the news that a youngster uh, a couple of months ago passed here in this area from it, and they've just connected the dots. Right. So we all have to be diligent in making sure that, you know, take care of your fellow human being because that's how we're going to be taken care of. Well, and, and again, you know, hunker down into in your care. They're spreading problems. There are people now on spring break in Florida that think that it's perfectly okay to just, mm-hmm. again, party on. And be in close contact with other people, that's a bad move. Because well, they said, again, oh, we're just playing volleyball. They're all touching the same darn ball. Well, it's a big mistake. But, again, this is, I think, because we were originally informed that it was really a, a targeting uh, more seriously elderly people. That is no longer the case. So just wanted to share that with our audience so everybody's aware that this virus knows no bounds, no age bounds, oh, no doesn't. race bounds, nothing. It's, it's just doing what it's doing. You could be in its path if you don't follow the, the very good directions that are being given. So, anyways, thank you, PK, for taking a look at all of that, and we will be careful as we move forward. <laughs> so. Yeah, and if people have any questions, you can always send a quick question out. If it's a quick question and if it's something I can answer just by the month and day of birth. Great. And again, you can reach PK at patriciakirkman.com. You can also find PK on our website, supernaturalgirlswithaz.com. And we can you can also message us through our Facebook page. Be sure to like us and follow us on Facebook and Twitter so that you can keep up with everything we're doing. We always have the best of the best with paranormal news on our Facebook page. We've had lots of new stories we've placed this past week about vampires, about UFOs, on and on it goes, Bigfoot photos. We've got it all on our Facebook page. Make sure you go and follow us there and on Twitter. So tonight we have a fantastic guest. I'm so excited, and I know you are too, PK, to have Dr. Shelley care with us. Oh, my gosh. 
she's a guest we've been wanting to have here for a while. Now, she's worked with thousands of people around the world, helping them achieve greater peace and happiness in their lives. And Dr. Kerr is considered one of the world's leading authorities on energy healing and mind-body medicine. And she's the author of many books, including Meet Your Karma, The Healing Power of Past Life Memories and Past Lives with Pets. Now, Shelley is a world-renowned past life regressionist, and she combines energy work with hypnosis. She's been endorsed by many leaders in the field of consciousness, including near-death experience pioneer Dr. Raymond Moody and Dr. Brian Weiss, who called her book Lifestream an important contribution to the field of regression therapy. And we're so blessed to have Shelley with us tonight. Shelley, welcome to the show. Patricia, thank you so much. PK, thank you so much for having me to the show. It's happy to, to have be you here. here. I enjoyed your numerology report, PK, a lot, and I wanted to hear that. So thank you. Very helpful. I'm, I'm in awe of all the aspects that you bring to the table with your karma, taking a look at all aspects of it. In fact, I was going through taking a look at your books and what's going on, and I'm going, wow, this is great for all of us to be able to share this with you now when we're all going through so much stress. We are going through it now, yes. Um, I think we always go through stress, but I think we've just taken it up about a thousand notches right now. (laughs) I think we've touched a little bit too much these days. Now yes, the things we were complaining about yesterday, I think we're all like, what? This isn't really that bad. Wait a minute. That's right. You know? That's right. Get exactly. everything into perspective a little bit, you know, and, <laughs> and think about does. the things we should be grateful for. That's right. So That's right. And that's what we still have to find. But tell us about you. You have such an interesting career and an exciting life. Now, how did you get into this work? Oh my gosh. Um, this has been like a lifelong thing for me because when I was a little kid, um, we lived in Colorado Springs. And I don't know if you remember that really famous book from the 70s called The Search for Bridie Murphy, the Path yes. by oh, yeah. case book. So, like, what happened was um, this book for listeners, just to remind you, uh, it's a great book. It was about a past life regressionist, he had clients coming in just doing regular hypnosis, and a woman was complaining of hideous allergies. She was struggling. He was making some progress, regressing her back to her childhood, but just not quite getting there. And he said, look, I want you to go back to the source event, the source event of these allergies. And so she zips back, and she starts reporting all of these details about her past life in Ireland talking about the villagers and every little detail. And so my mother, when we lived in Colorado Springs, these people actually lived in Colorado, and my mom attended a luncheon where she actually met them, and she bought the book. She came home, and I don't know what normal people were talking (laughs) about at the family dinner table, Supernatural Girls, but at our house, uh, (laughs) Mom and Dad and I were having a nice conversation about reincarnation when I was a little girl. And, you know, like when you hear different things, even though I was a child at the time, I just heard that and I just felt this is truth. This this seems Mm -hmm. real to me. This is what I believe to be true. Um, 
because it, I was also kind of raised very eclectically just to believe kind of the way a lot of us do now that, you know, God's within and that we need to be kind to people, like you mentioned earlier in the show, all the ways, not just when we're showing up for church on Sunday and things like that. So um, this is kind of the way I was raised. And then as a young adult, um, in my book, Livestream, I talk about a friend of mine who invited me on a hiking trip. I couldn't go, and he was basically killed in a hiking accident over the weekend. And about a month after his death, I was coming home, and I saw his apparition appear in the window of my house wearing very specific outfit. Um, he was wearing a white tank top and some jeans, and I'd never even been to a funeral before. And so I had a really hard time with this, and many, many years had gone by, like almost 10 years, and I moved back to Colorado as an adult. And people may or may not know this, but in Colorado, there's a past life regressionist basically on every street corner in town. And I was actually in some, uh, I had gone through a divorce. I was in some regular psychotherapy. Patricia, I know you were a psychotherapist at the time, back in the day. So I was going to a traditional therapist. And because everybody there is real open-minded, I told her that I sensed that my friend was making visitations because I was having a lot of paranormal activity at my home, and she said, hey, maybe you should go get a past life regression because it sounds to me like this person has unfinished business with you. And so I went to a regressionist, and I realized that I had known him in many lifetimes, and all of these lifetimes he had basically, you know, died unexpectedly, leaving me behind in some kind of kind of guilty weirdness. And so there was something about, you know, I, the reason why I think that regression works so well is because, in quantum physics, we know that if we view something one way and then we shift our perspective and view it another way, that it totally mm-hmm. changes the nature of the event. So just by seeing this and going, oh, wow, you know, we've been around the block before. Okay, there was just something that just went click, and I just got it. I was like, oh, I accept this now, and I get that, you know, you're a soul, I'm a soul. I may not like what happens, but guess what? We're all on a journey together, and what you've come here to learn about you know, I mean this kindly, but it's none of my business because we all have things we're learning and doing and we want to support each other in that, but we all have a plan and sometimes that plan doesn't go along with what we want, but it just caused me to have a deep sense of relief, a deep sense of acceptance. And it was the one thing out of just searching high and low that really helped me put the lid on this situation once and for all. And I said, you know, I need to start doing this for other people. So I started um, I, there's so many other things. I had a near-death experience after I came out of the light. I had a bunch of energy in my hands. And then I started under having some kind of a weird cerebral ending of the idea that, you know, thoughts are things, energetic blockages are sitting in our field. And so the reason why my method is so unusual is because I've always combined from the very beginning energy healing with the past life regression because we can go back in the past we can talk about this all we want, and Lord knows I love to talk, but there's also an energetic <laughs> component to that, as you're going to find out. Um, but there's an energetic component to that memory as well. And so when, when we can address it at an energetic level and a verbal level, then real amazing miracles and shifts can happen in people's lives, and that's really what happened for me, and that's what I've been attempting my best to help other people with over the last 20 years. So it's been an adventure, my friends. That's all I can tell you. Yes. Well, it sounds like a fascinating one at that. I was 
uh, looking at all the different aspects of which you work, everything from the Ed- Edgar Casey to the gemstones to, I mean, talk about a repertoire. You've got it all. You can call it, uh, I don't know, I just can't, I just like it all. I, I believe in it all. You know, I do too, and I think it's wonderful where we can see it all blending together, that it, it that things are just a slice of this or a slice of that. That, you know, one leads to the other. It's like watching, foot, what is it, footprints in the sand. One takes us to the next one. We get to the end result where we belong. It does, and it's, it's all connected. You know, like even yeah. your numerology, we know that's connected with everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so it doesn't seem connected at first, but, you know. As we continue our journey, we understand all things are connected and all of these different tools. I feel like, you know, I train a lot of energy healers, and I'm trying to explain to people, I feel like you should study as many different kinds of things as you can is because you do, every person, we're all one and we're all, you know, the same on some levels, but we also come to the table, you know, as a combustion of mm-hmm. all of the different things that we're bringing into this lifetime, the lessons we're here to learn, and so the more tools you have to be able to assist somebody, the better off. Oh, most definitely. And I think it's fascinating to watch when you put something out and you're looking at that, how it leads to the next element. And it's like these doors constantly opening. Once that every time you stop for a minute, you gain this additional information. I like the way you've presented things in your book. and that I think it's just wonderful. I'm all excited about what you do. Yeah, and it creates a sense of freedom that you really can't get any other way. If you have a block that's coming from a past life and you have no awareness of it, then you're trapped by it. You are molded by it. You are imprisoned by it. So you're really offering people a way to get free of those things that happened in the past that created a hamster wheel or some type of a circuit board where you keep running the same circuit over and over again. Tell us about some of the people you've worked with, because you've got some great stories in the book. But go ahead and share some of those with our audience tonight. The one that I really um, love to talk about right now in in light of just, well, not not, not our current situation, but let's say a few weeks ago situation. (laughs) Let me clarify (laughs) that, okay? Things have changed, but um, there's a real, (laughs) to say the least, um, there's a really interesting case study about, one of my clients, she was having a problem that I think a lot of parents have where her child was actually being severely bullied at school. And so she was trying to talk to the child's mother about this. And it was, if you can almost envision these two practically cat fighting at the PTA meeting, not really getting anywhere with it. And so she, you know, sometimes the the case studies in this book in particular are people who they've tried lots of things. They're just at the end of their rope. They, they've, they've tried other venues to get these things resolved and it's not working. So she just decided during her past life regression, you know, I need to take a look at this woman because I'm a nice person. I don't act like this. I don't know what's gotten into me. And so she went into past lives where she saw that there had been definitely, like I mentioned with my own situation, um, patterns of behavior where they had been part of these mobs that had kind of led to each other's demise in a couple of different past lives. And so at the end of the session, one of the things that the book does that I think is really important that I do with all my clients is first we have to create a safe space 
We're going to meet with either, however you perceive that, either a healing angel or a spirit guide or some deceased loved one, somebody who is like a guide to you, who's going to come with you on the journey, who has your back and who can help you. And so at the end of the journey, after she saw these things in the past life, she did a healing. But she said, you know, my guide is really telling me right now that what I have to do is that I'm going to have to really go up to this woman in real life and I'm going to have to say something to her. Because a lot of the healing that can actually take place in the quantum field, in case studies and in these people's regressions that they go through, a lot of this can be handled in the theater of the mind, in the in the ether, in the universe, whatever you want to call it. But in this case, she felt like, no, I really need to bring this out to the current life, to three-dimensional reality, beyond what we're, the healing that we've done here today. And so she said she was really getting, I need to go say sorry to this woman, and it's going to be sounding really cray-cray because she doesn't know what I'm going to be apologizing mm-hmm. for, obviously. And so she went up to the woman. I guess they were at a meeting again. And she just kind of felt the opening. She just kind of went up to her and said, you know, I'm so sorry. And she said the woman just turned around and practically started to cry, and she goes, and she just really just opened up and said, I am so sorry. She goes, my husband and I are separated. I am so sorry for my child. He's acting crazy, and I I can't, you know, I just haven't had the energy to do what needs to be done, and I am so sorry. And they got to such a level that they basically practically became friends, and the kids were going to get together after that. And I think that why I like that story so much for the climate that we've been in, we've talked, I mean, I heard you all obviously talking at the beginning of the show about why are we in the situation that we're in right now. And I think that you already brought up what I agree totally with is the idea that, you know, we're here as spiritual beings to try to show kindness to each other. And I think that when people are getting bullied and stuff, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's kind of archetypal, but sometimes the bully is a very fragile individual who has some really big hurt underneath and that hurt needs to be healed. And when those things can be revealed through just showing human compassion and things like that, there's a real transformation that can happen. And I feel like that's kind of on the planetary level what we're kind of going through at this time, you know, with all the things that are happening. We're having to drop our nonsensical issues that we thought we had a couple weeks ago, and we're having to really get behind each other and realize we're all in this together. We'll have the same needs as human beings, and we can show mm-hmm. kindness and compassion and, and really do major healing through the, through all of this. So anyway, that's one of my favorites. That is a great story. Oh, I, I have to agree with you. You know, we do forget that usually the bully is in more pain than the person they bully. It's just that the one that being bullied is not aware of it at the time, having to work backwards. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a lot, a lot of layers in in this, and and that's a great story because it's um, it's very transformative for both of these women and then their children. So it mm-hmm. worked out great for them to to have this wonderful healing experience. And I noticed a lot of the stories in your book bring us back to like the 1700s in France. Do you have you noticed a pattern with the people that have lifetimes that they revisit that are in specific countries? Is there a pattern with those people? Um, I did. You know, I have so many different case studies that I did notice 
that there's a lot of them, like in certain parts of geographically, but then also there was a lot of common themes in this book as well. Like I feel like, which is kind of timely for what we're dealing with right now too, fear seemed to be a really common theme amongst a lot of the people. And a lot of the the things that people were being punished for in past lives were strangely very similar to some of the issues that we're seeing at this actual moment where people, you know, in the past life, I mean, if you were starving to death and you stole a loaf of bread, you know, you could be put to death for that. You know, so there's a lot of stories about that really base fear level thing. And, yeah, there was a lot of French case studies. And, you know, there was a – when I'm doing editing, there's always a tendency to say, hey – I've got to mix this up. This this just looks like all I'm talking about is people who steal food. Um, but I'm really guided. No, I, ha- I have to keep these in here. Um, there's a there's a theme going on. Of course, this was obviously written before the current events that we're dealing with now. But when you see the behaviors of even people now, that you know, the things we're having a panic attack, and it gets right down into that base fear base. Mm-hmm. survival level mentality we're seeing a lot of that currently and so i just have to feel like you know my guides have my back on this and there's a reason but so a lot of the exercises are very compared to like some of my earlier stuff this has got a lot of exercises that goes right into like let's start to learn how to breathe then let's find a safe space and let's just go very gently through these processes as we try to you know get more i don't want to say control but come into a very deeply peaceful healing space within ourselves so that we can deal with the fearful things that are in the exterior world. And at mm-hmm. this moment, I I haven't talked to anybody about this, obviously, because you're my, I mean, I've done a lot of interviews lately, but this is the first one where we're really starting to see that there is some really heavy material going on in this external world. And I can't help but believe that this book um, has a lot of things in it that I really believe with the bo- from the bottom of my heart can actually help people with exactly the things that we are facing today in this fabulous world that we are currently navigating right now. Yes, I agree. I think sense. that this this book is, is very, very helpful for people because it's inspiring, it's hopeful. We need all of that right now. You offer tools and techniques for people and again it makes a lot of sense to keep looking inside because when things go bad we have a tendency as human beings to blame somebody else for it and it's you know it's the president's fault it's the CDC's fault it's this it's that it's but really we need to keep looking inside we need to keep taking care of ourselves and be very proactive about how we do that and, again, your book is, is very inspiring that way, and it says you can go back into the past. You can find where your blocks are. You can release yourself from these prisons that you've been living in over and over again. So it's great because it's all about how you see things. I, mean, I live in an area that's very rural, and I love being here. I've always felt that if the you-know-what hit the fan, this is the best place to be. And mm-hmm. I, it's very validating to me because here we are in the middle of all this and I like where I am and is it difficult to stay in one place stay inside stay away from people not really because mm-hmm. I do that anyways <laughs> I think I think that's that's true because uh, you have a beautiful space and location to, 
to go inward and do the things that you need to do for your work. And That's I think right. that has a lot to do with it. If we have a space that we can actually work with and feel like gets uplifted, reading some of the things that you've put out here, I think they're just opening doors and making you stop and think about another aspect of things. You, you were talking about, Shelley, about working with uh, Edgar Casey at the there are so many things. Now, I've been there and have gone through it. And then after taking a look at your book, that, that it's all opening up another door of something I saw, but I didn't really see it in depth until you take a look at what someone else has to add to it. Yeah, I think uh, I do the same thing. Like you, you read something new or you just get some different perspective of it and it kind of opens mm-hmm. the door. And I, I also... You know, I'm feeling very grateful right now also, like you are both in the sense that I'm so grateful for all the things that I've been through. You know, all the things that I've put in these things, you know, are things that I've had to use for myself to get myself Mm -hmm. in order. And I'm so thankful for the place I live right now, and I'm so thankful that I, you know, that, yeah, we know how to be by ourselves. I mean, but I just feel so... um, so much compassion for people because other people just aren't used to being a bunch of shut-ins like we are. <laughs> you know, I mean, and I just want to, I just want to reach out and give them a hug. I mean, because that, I know that's hard. I know that's hard. I've already been through some of that, trying to adjust to that kind of hardness, and now I'm in a good place where I'm at peace about those things, and it just makes me feel unbelievable compassion towards people right now. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. a strange way of putting it, but it's it's like when we talk about a smile is something you can't get away, give away. It keeps coming back at you. Well, it's what you're talking about, too. It's how you work with things. The more you put out, the more you get back from it. And as long as we keep that line open, my gosh, we can go to the moon and back without the plane. Sally, you know? let me ask you a question in terms of your – you've worked with thousands of people with past lives. And – some of the topics we've discussed on the show involve other types of lifetimes, like lifetimes where there's been an involvement with extraterrestrials or interdimensional. So sometimes it's not human. Have you encountered anything like that when you regress people? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I could do whole books on that as well. Um, I'm definitely a huge believer that, well, first of all, I believe I was contacted by beings several years ago who showed me some healing techniques. And in regression, definitely, there are people who I've encountered over the years who have also come in contact with different um, extraterrestrials. And in the Karma book, there is one case study about, um, there's a whole section about vows, like, our soul says, I will never love again, or I will mm-hmm. do this forever, or whatever. You make vows, but mm-hmm. if you make them in a past life, you're not consciously aware of them, and they can start informing your current life. And so one of the case studies in there was about a man who had a vow that he was supposed to help the grays, the little gray beings. And so he basically went back into the, into a space where he could meet with them. And it's kind of like getting together with the higher-ups at the corporation, you just kind of go back in there in a little spiritual space and just kind of renegotiate your contract and just kind of work out, okay, what lessons did I learn? Okay, how is this assisting me? Do I need to continue this contract or not? And in this case, um, he kind of just let go of his contract 
and was able to move forward in his life. Yeah, a lot of these things do prevent you from moving forward, these blocks that you help people uncover. Tell us more stories about this, because you have so many wonderful ones of people that get themselves free. There was um, another, uh, I love vows, I don't know, to me that's some of the most interesting stuff, but one of the guys in the book had made a vow of silence, which I feel I have also made, and probably a lot of people on the spiritual path, it would be very likely that a lot of us have been um, maybe monks or priests or different, you know, clergy over the centuries. And so you t- you go into these monasteries, you take the vow of silence. In the case study in the book, the man in specific, he's just never getting anywhere with his career. He knows he needs to speak up, but there's just some aspect to that he just doesn't feel comfortable with. And so he, of course, uncovers the vow of silence. And the the thing that's on the side of that that is accompanying that quite often would be something that I think also um, hinders a lot of people is when we make the vow of poverty. We checked into the monastery. We surrendered all of our worldly goods at the door. And now we're wondering why we can't ever accumulate anything or why we just can't, um, Mm -hmm. you know, keep money and things like that. And those things can be cleared and in, in this case he cleared these things up during a session and then I some of the people I get a chance to talk to him again later some of them I don't in this case so he was able to get a new job and he was able to kind of speak up for himself and he was making more money than he had made in the past so some of these things though are very very deep because I still feel like you know that's why I like the book I, I like the idea of self-help that people have the material there you can do it again and again because we're still peeling back the layers of this, you know, the onion. Definitely. It, it does take some rolling up of the sleeves, <laughs> diving in. <laughs> yes. I, and it's, I know. It, but it's wonderful because you're able to guide people back in time and have them take a, a look at this. And the way you do it, it sounds like you allow them to be somewhat detached, especially if there's trauma involved, like the story about the woman who was afraid of tunnels, and mm-hmm. you talked about how the cave collapsed on her. You can understand why she'd be afraid of tunnels. So, But you're able to do that in a way that makes your uh, clients feel very safe, right? So they're not reliving the trauma. Yeah, there's usually, if it's not, you know, I I have a certain level of intuition when I'm working with people. So if I feel like there's not some kind of really traumatic thing, normally you can... I can guide people back into the past where they're in a space where they're more, um, we would call it like associated. They're looking out their own eyes. They're seeing it, and they're actually in it. But in the the Mitra Karma, these are um, obviously more traumatic case studies many of the times. So rather than doing that, you can also just go to a space where you can kind of watch a little movie on a screen in your mind, and you can still get the same healing because you're observing it, and then you can just kind of find out what happens and then, there's an aspect of saying, okay, let's imagine there's an energetic cord connecting with us with this event from the past. We're going to cut that cord, or we're going to understand, like, what did we learn by the things that happened in the past? How is this little situation that we've just visited, how is that actually impacting my current life, and how can I, and, I'm, and am I finished, and am I ready to move on from that, taking the gifts and the healings and the learnings, but yet, you know, relinquishing things that are no longer serving my highest purpose in my current lifetime. Because 
at the end of the day, really, the only reason why you want to go into past lives is because we're really trying to make our current life and our future the best place that it can be. That makes sense. Yes, that's a reason to do it. Well, I just wanted to have, make an announcement. We're going to go to a, a break in a minute. But before we go to break, I just want to say, this is something I meant to announce at the beginning, Tom Palladino has been on the show several times. He works with Scalar Light. Now, he's offering to everybody to have 30 days of free treatment with Scalar Light to be treated for this particular virus. They have found a way to work with it with Scalar Light to dismantle it. So we've worked with Tom for a while. He's wonderful at what he does. This is very, very painless. All you do is send in a photograph. Go to scalarlight.net. That's S-C-A-L-A-R, light.net. And it's also on our Facebook page. You can connect with Tom there, and the instructions are very straightforward. This is all free. He wants to do whatever he can to put an end to this pandemic. So we are going to take oh, a very short commercial break right now. We are speaking with a wonderful guest, Shelly Care. Dr. Shelly Care is with us tonight. We're talking about the power of past life therapy, and we're going to be talking about past lives with pets. So stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back. Pure essential oil, specialized minerals, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridian combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations. There are a lot of psychics out there. How do you decide which one is right for you? You look for someone who empowers you, who's practical and spiritually connected, who says, here are your opportunities, here are your challenges, and here's a way to deal with them, and then gives you your own toolbox to make your life everything you want it to be. Hi, I'm Corby Mitleid, and that's how I work with you. As a certified professional tarot reader, I've helped thousands of people for over 40 years through my toolbox. Cards, past life retrieval, numerology, spirit guide conferences, and mediumship. Whether it's career, relationships, finances, or your spiritual road, Together, we can replace your confusion with clarity. And you'll probably find a little laughter along the way. Visit me at CorbyMitlide.com to find out how to cross your bridge from fear to fearlessness and fly. And tell me you found me at Supernatural Girls for a special gift with your reading. Corby Mitlide, 
the practical psychic for catching your tomorrows today. Find me at CorbyMitline.com. That's CorbyMitline.com. Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Are you frustrated with endless mantras, affirmations, and processes that promise to align your life with your dreams only to find yourself years later in the same space where you began? Do you feel like you must be doing something wrong because nothing seems to be working? Don't you just wish that someone could shift your consciousness for you and your life could align with your desires without all the effort? Well, your wish is about to come true. Hi, I'm Carrie Cannon, and I have a gift that allows me to align the consciousness of others to be in harmony with their dreams. The best part is, it requires no particular effort on your part. Upon listening to a consciousness alignment, People have reported instant energy shifts, financial windfalls, soulmate connections, healed relationships, physical healings, and more. To gain access to a free trial offer for my entire Manifesting Miracles library of consciousness alignments, go to commandmiracles.com now for details. Again, that's commandmiracles.com for information about our free trial offer. That's commandmiracles.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I'm here with my co-host, PK, and our terrific guest tonight, Dr. Shelley Kerr, is with us, and we are talking about past life regression, past life therapy, and Shelley is the author of many books. We're talking about two of them tonight, Meet Your Karma, The Healing Power of Past Life Memories, and past lives with pets. So let's go to that one, Sally. What a great book to write. Tell us about how you got into that book. I just love this book thing I've ever done. I, I love little animals, just like I know you all do. Oh, yeah. Um, it kind of started out as a joke because I was just kind of joking around about how I certainly, karmic-wise, let's just say I wish I was my cat because he's so spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> and um, over the years, you know, people will come up and say, well, I know that little Fifi over here that I've known her before in a past life, or they'll say that, you know, oh, well, my little dog that I have now, this is the same dog I had when I was in the third grade, and they make little remarks about it. Um, so the book basically goes into a lot of this. If people are familiar with the New York Times bestselling book and the movie called The Dog's Journey, which is basically about 
this dog who, you know, obviously passes away because he has a shorter lifespan and he keeps kind of reincarnating back into the same family. It is a complete tearjerker, folks. I mean, it's just a beautiful book. But in this book, Past Life with Pets, we've got real clients who regressed back into lifetimes where they had known their animals in the past. And then sometimes, obviously, you know, people usually come for a past life regression because you're having some actual issues. (laughs) And so you don't come in going, you know, I just can't take my dog anymore. He's driving me bananas, you know, (laughs) because obviously your dog, your pet, your animal is usually is the one person, and I mean that very literally, who really has your back and who loves you unconditionally, and you can be acting like an idiot, but they still think you're wonderful. <laughs> and so, so, you know, and we know we all know that situation. So a lot of the case studies kind of happen by accident, like you're on a journey, you've gone back to some other lives, and then you go, oh, look, there's my little animal who I had. They're, they're there in that life, too. And it's kind of more like a sidebar rather than the actual reason for it but I just thought it would be so interesting after I started collecting so many of these to just to put them together and from a healing standpoint I think the book what the book will offer in terms of guided imagery is it's fun to go back and see how I knew my pet before but on a more serious note I think that because these pets have loved us so deeply and we you know, we share everything with our pet. They're with us all the time. And definitely during these days, they're going to really be with us all the time. That when they pass away, that can just be absolutely devastating. And so there's some mm-hmm. grief recovery journeys there where we can use guided imagery to imagine the higher self of our beloved pets coming back and doing a real powerful healing on that, which I hope uh, will help people find some relief with the you know, really painful grief of losing our loved pets. So it's a labor of love, ladies. That's all <laughs> I can tell you. I love animals. And you had some wonderful experiences with your cats you talk about, right, in the book? Yes. Um, I tell us about your cats. Yeah, I'm one of those people that when the people come up and say, hey, these these cats I have, I've known them before. I'm, I'm always like, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. When I was a kid, I had um, a pair of cats, and I had another pair of cats. And I, at first I used to kind of joke around about it, that these two cats, the way they behave is exactly the way this other pair um, behaved. And one of the cats, when I was a kid, got um, actually got poisoned by the neighbors. Don't even get me started oh, about no. that. Oh, yeah, it was really horrible. Um, she was in there, kind of. They had a koi pond, and she was in there killing the koi. So she was mowed down by a car. Um, we're pretty sure on purpose, and then eventually oh. poisoned. So oh. she kind of got her life cut short there. And then the other, she was a real smart cat who was more of a hunter. And then the other one looked like a little throw pillow who couldn't <laughs> find his way out of a paper bag, you know. And so they were kind of an odd couple. And so later in life, I had another odd couple, another killer with another fuzzball. And in this second incarnation, the, the, the smarter cat ended up living to be over 20 years old, and the other one ended up going first, which was kind of weird. But I actually, you know, I trained some students on past lives, and so 
I had one of my students actually regress me into a space where I could actually experience the kind of a, like, a, it's different than a past life regression because you, you're kind of going on a spiritual journey where you're just having kind of a contact with the higher self of animals. So you can kind of really have more of an immediate sense that, yes, this is real. Um, this is not just some silly stuff that Shelly's talking about, which, you know, Lord knows I talk about plenty of silly stuff, but um, that this really is real and that these cats had unfinished business with us. And in the second round, they kind of had a chance to kind of do things a little bit differently. And so it, it's just, it's is it important to our lives? I mean, is it going to change the world? I, I don't know. I think it just brings a warm and fuzzy feeling to people, which, you know, we need more warm and fuzzy feelings in the society oh, right now, I think. So We do. and But when you do these regressions, and you said this is, becomes a sidebar for people when they recognize their animals in their past lives, do you what is it that you think drives these animals to come back with the same people? Are they like familiars for some of us or is it just pure love? I mean, what is it that draws them back in? I think there's definitely a, an aspect of familiars for sure. Um I I think it's it would be I mean, this is my my belief and I think animal lovers around the world would probably agree if you look into the eyes of your animal, you know there's consciousness there. So how can you say, you know, it's like if you go to, the, I mean, I get all of my animals from, you know, the shelters. And the minute you lock eyes with your animal, you make a soul connection there. And you know what I'm talking about. That is a soul Definitely. connection. You're going to have a relationship with that being for potentially anywhere from 5 to 20 years, maybe even if it's a horse, maybe even 40 years. So this is not this is no light matter that we're dealing with. This is going to become one of the most important relationships that you're ever going to have with someone who is actually going to show you what it means to love and to be loved. So I think that we probably tend to dismiss that, but the truth is it's very important it's very profound, and there's no doubt that that love, I believe, transcends, you know, the current lifetime and the physical boundaries of this body that we're on. We're loaning out for a very short period of time, so it makes complete sense to me, especially after talking to as many people who really were able to deeply access these memories of knowing that yes, they came back together for a reason. I think, though, like you said, it's. It's not because we got a bunch of issues to clear up, <laughs> maybe, like it is with people, but it's more about because we have the deepest level of unconditional love and the animals come to teach us about the the deepest aspects of ourselves. There isn't a, any better way to learn that than through animals. Yes, yes, I agree. And I think animals also come to learn from us in some strange way. I know I... When I was younger, I rescued a wallaby that a woman thought would make a great pet for her children, only to find out that was not going to work out. And I thought, well, I'll I'll take care of the wallaby. I'll rescue this this poor little creature from this family that didn't know what to do with it. So it was an amazing experience of taking care of this wallaby in suburbia and she was an amazing creature. I used to 
sit with her in therapy circles, and people were transfixed by her and healed by her, just her presence. She passed away, and it was devastating. And I talked with uh, an animal communicator after she passed, and she said, you know, what Dune learned from you is that not all people are bad. Because, again, this is a wild animal. Mm-hmm. And in Australia, these wallabies are, are hunted and tortured and not respected for the consciousness they carry. So it was interesting to hear that perspective, that she had also learned that we're not all bad, that we are, we can be loving, we can be kind. And that was a message that she took back to the rest of her tribe. So it was a very interesting experience with a wild animal and having the, the privilege of of being her caretaker for a period of time. So Wow. It, it's interesting because it goes, I think it goes both ways sometimes like that. And I, I know all of our audience are big animal lovers, and we all have our stories to tell about our pets who we love with all our hearts. It is so, just so darn hard to lose them. But mm-hmm. knowing the story that you just shared about your cats, the pair that came back again, and they come back, with again, because they have shorter lifespans, we can see them again, even within one lifetime. And that's mm-hmm. very exciting. It is interesting. Wow, you know what? That story you told, it reminded me of something I used to talk about a long time ago, is that that idea of the hundredth monkey, you know, the little, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but oh, it's, a it's great talking story, about yes. consciousness. Like there were little monkeys, they found some fruit on the beach, nobody wanted to eat them. And one of them said, well, I don't like the flavor of the skin, but I'm going to go ahead and wash it off. And once they did that, then by the time 100 of them learned it, then all of the monkeys knew, oh, I'm going to wash the skin off and then I'm going to be able to eat the fruit. And there was something that we, I don't know, that just dropped in, like, when you were talking about your little wallaby, that is so precious. And that there is some aspect to which, I don't know, I just, I don't know why this flooded in, but that the wallaby kind of could send that consciousness to all of the others who are even still around, just saying, like on a telepathic level or something, to just shift consciousness, you know, on an energetic level, and that you were able to help facilitate that because you showed that kindness. And I think you're right, I mean, it has to be some kind of two-way street here, but to me, I feel like we're getting the bigger blessing. <laughs> I mean, oh, I agree. We do. I believe you know. that is so true. Yes, yes, absolutely. I feel blessed but that's by amazing. each and every animal that I've known. Yes, and I and I know all of my friends are the same way. We all say, "Gee, I really love my animals more than I love people." It's. <laughs> I think it's just how how we are, and we congregate that way as a tribe that we just love them. So so very much, and they are so patient with us, and and they really give us so much, as you've said. But tell us some stories about some of the regressions you've done when these animals have shown up in past lives. Oh my gosh, um, there's a lot of different. Um, well, let me see. Trying to think which one. You know what I want to tell you? It's it's really from the karma book, but it's about animals. Mm-hmm. Was about um, a woman who had an obsession with cats, 
Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember this one. Yeah, this is kind that's of switching great. back into the other one again, but this is one of my favorite ones. She was a very big animal advocate and a big leader in the community for animal rights, And but she had relocated to a new city, and it came to light during the regression that in the past she had actually gotten in some not huge trouble but kind of warned about animal hoarding type behaviors because she could not, she just simply could not turn down the cats and she was taking all of the cats in at a very um, high level. And so she basically went into the past and we mentioned vows earlier in the show. So she realized that she was part of the Bastet cult in ancient Egypt. And of course she had made the vow to take care of these cats. And so she was just basically living up to her contract. And so she was able to go in, like I mentioned earlier, and just kind of do um, a renegotiating of the contract. And do a, it was a very deep healing that had to happen there so that she could kind of come out of that and understand that she's still going to participate in her charity. She can keep a couple of them at home. And even though she wants to take 100 of them in, she's no longer going to be able to do that. And, and then she was able to kind of move through that. And so that's kind of one of my, my other favorite vow things, that we have these deep connections to these animals um, to care yeah, for them. Yeah, and her vow really got her into some trouble. I mean, she was she had to pay some hefty fines and things like yes. that when they finally caught up with her. Yes, 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 yes. So and then in the pet book, I mean, there's, oh, gosh, there's a, there's just so many. I don't know. I don't even know where to begin. Um, people who knew their dogs. I, the one that unfortunately comes to mind, which I didn't want to mention, is I guess I'm always on the France kick, but it was a woman who knew her poodle in the <laughs> French on, court. I guess, you know, there is a theory that the regressionist also has lives in the areas that the clients experience when they're working with them. So I'm sure I've been around the block in France a few times myself. Oh, okay. You know, it's a theory. So, because it's still consciousness. So, oh gosh, um, another favorite that's really super weird was this woman had a guinea pig, and she realized that, you know, in Peru, um, as sad as it sounds, but guinea pigs are a delicacy, and so her guinea pig had come to her, but she had also known this guinea pig in a past life in Peru, when her father was trying to make a meal out of it, and so she had come <laughs> in her current. That was kind of a crazy one. Uh, she had come in the current life to basically make amends, and you know, it was it was kind of a humorous one in a, in a weird way. So, yeah. lots and lots of fuzzy stories there. Now, <clears throat> I'm sure there were you encountered people that had horses and and other animals that transported them way back when, because you do take people back into the 1700s, 1800s, etc. Were there any people that had horse stories to share? Oh, yes, yes. There's tons and tons of horror stories. Um, there's some aspect to once in a while um, an animal will come back as a different animal, but usually with the horses, they're all going to come back. Um, they are a horse then, and they're still most often a horse in the current life. There were There was one in Turkey in the ancient times in a racing situation where there was 
a lot a lot of these past life stories unfortunately involve a person being faced with the challenges of trying to most of the case studies in this book they they're trying to help the animals against the abuse that's being put on the animals from like a cruel regime or in in one case um the animals were being forced to race and and there was a greyhound story similarly also where they were being abused and things and so the person was attempting to help the animals and so then um in the case of the I'm kind of mixing all these right now but in the case of the greyhounds you know they came back in their current life as a greyhound rescue person and with the horses kind of the same like a real compassion towards them because of the wrongs that have been done to them in the past and things like that mm-hmm. So I wonder then if other people like the woman with the cats are motivated to to help these animals because they they are governed by a, a memory they may not be conscious of where the animal suffered in the past and they couldn't do anything and now they want to do something. Exactly because a lot of these case studies involve people who simply like they could help they did try to help. But if they help anymore, um, it's going to be at the peril of their own existence. So uh, in some cases, they have definitely come back. If we're talking about, like, what are the reasons why we want to get together with them again, they're definitely coming back so that they can make these amends and mm-hmm. play things out differently in a in a better way. So. Let's let's go back to your your other book and also other experiences. Have you ever met children who just spontaneously remember their past lives. Yes, some of my, well, my friend's daughter was telling her about some some family that she had lived with when she was a little girl. And then it seems that with a lot of these people, even if their parents are open-minded, that mm-hmm. for some reason she asked her about it later in her teens and then she couldn't recall, you know, even saying this to her mother when she was a little girl. And I, I think, think that that, that is a, a situation to create the uh, innovating the the memory as they get get older, so that they don't get uh, a crossover between where they were and where they are. You think you think that um, it happens automatically, so that they don't get a crossover, right? Yeah, I think they've proven, like, when the kids are young, that's when they're open to learning lots of languages and just being really mm-hmm. open to everything, and that their their cranium actually closes, their crown chakra actually closes as they get older, and I guess all of that information, I, you know, modern psychologists, as you actually are, Patricia, would say that we can only actually consciously deal with seven chunks of information at the same time. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're just pushing it down there, and then it just kind of goes into the file cabinet, you know, maybe to be brought up again later, but certainly not very accessible, it doesn't seem. so. And you, also, you there are that, parents... Uh, yeah, Patricia. There, there are parents that I've read about who go a little further with past life memories their children bring up, and they actually do some research to see if, in fact, these memories hold water, with uh, things that they can pull up on the Internet, and they found that a lot of them do. Now, I know some of these children are in India, but some of them have been in the U.S. too. I remember one young boy talking about being a fighter pilot. Does that ring a bell? Yes. 
the one and in the he U.S. He really yeah. had all the all the details. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, it's so validating. And the the yeah. ones in India are very um, documented. You're talking about the little girl who named her family, and then her father took her over to meet her former family, right? Yes. That one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. really wild. Really, really yeah. wild. I mean, I don't see all. All of these things, I don't see how people can discount them when you hear things like that. I have not spent as much of my years, like, trying to document the things that the clients are telling me because, to me, it's more of a therapeutic thing. But I'm glad when people do it because I think it lends the credibility so that maybe more people would be willing to take a look at this and and realize that, I, I still don't think, as long as we're in a physical body, I don't believe we really understand exactly how it all works. Like, what are all the rules to this thing that we're dealing with here in this planet? And I don't believe that we can really know all of those things until we ascend into our, you know, life between lives or whatever. But I think that when we do get the evidence of these things through these children's regressions, it, it kind of helps open up people's minds to the possibility that there's something going on here. And it's real. It's very real. I think sometimes it it's hard to deal with. I had never left the state of Illinois, basically, all my growing up years. And when I got married, my husband and I went out to Virginia. That He was going to be stationed. He was in the military. And we went through this small town, and we stayed there for breakfast and such. And I looked at him, and I said, I wanted to go down this road because I wanted to see the church that was down there. And he kind of looked at me funny. But we went down there, and there was this little church that I remember seeing I don't know when. I knew it was there, but I'd never been there before. And the oh, cemetery wow. was a very old one. And uh, things like that, you kind of push it in the back thinking, well, did I see something else that possibly made that uh, come about? But I'll always remember that because it was just like I just knew it was there, and yet we, he looked at me kind of strangely, but I knew it was an old, a very old cemetery. And... Uh, I just felt comfort around it or a need for it. But after we left there, I'd never, I'd never gone back again, did not look at anything more about it, but I just knew that day that I had to go there. Wow. See, I, um, I guess maybe around 2017 or so, I wrote a series of books, a phenomenon that I call supretrovy, that I briefly mention in, these, in the karma book and the pet book, which is where people – can travel to a place even if it's just, you know, in the next town over. And when they see certain Mm -hmm. places, they will have a spontaneous memory of something that happened in the past. And a lot of the case studies in that book, some of the people, like, they'd show up somewhere and, like, they just have a little movie. They just kind of step into some weird time warp where everything around them starts to disappear and they go into the ancient time and they actually remember what happened to them in the ancient time. So when you're talking to me, about that, um, PK, it just makes me think that you obviously were there before and that your soul, I, I still believe like we're traveling and we're putting ourselves mm-hmm. in different places around the world because um, we're kind of, a he, it's a healing. There's some kind of bring, putting a piece, an empty piece back into the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And even Edgar Casey, you know, we you mentioned Edgar Casey. I mean, we could talk a whole show about that too. Um, Edgar oh, Casey, you know, I wrote some gem and mineral books, a lot of them, and I've written a couple of those for the Casey Foundation. One of the things he was saying from a past life perspective is 
We can use stones and gems. We can lay them on the skin because they're going to bring a past life healing. And as I've kind of thought about this over the years, why am I attracted to the gems and the past lives? I, I still believe that the soul really longs to go back to the places where it's been before. It wants to be with the beings that it's been with before. And that let's say I can't go fly around the country or whatever. I can definitely pick up a gemstone that's from a different part of the world. And when I connect with that, it puts another piece in the puzzle. But the other way that it happens is what happened to you. You show up to the place and there's just something about this place. And then you, once you're done with it, you just kind of go, okay, cool. I'm cool with it. I don't ever need to go there again. But I feel like you got some kind of healing there. And I think that this is probably happening to people all the time. And they're just simply not consciously aware of it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it can be very, very healing, you know, to to have that kind of an experience that you had. And I, it had always had bothered me afterwards when I thought about it from the standpoint of how silly I was to think such a thing. But I couldn't even see the area I wanted to go to, except I knew how to get there. Yes. I wish yes. I had been smart enough then to take a look at what the, the gravestones had, because it was gravestones in this churchyard. And I wish I had thought at that time, of course, I wasn't into what I'm into now. And had I thought about it to be able to take information from what was there, I wonder what I would have gotten from that now. Yeah, there's something. I mean, you know, maybe it's just to say, hey, surprise, I was here before, you know, <laughs> just a little marker on the road. I think, and there are a lot of those blips. that sometimes we just bypass. But you know, they yeah. also with old cemeteries like that, they usually have records, and if you could get a, them to email you the records, you, something might ring a bell. Patricia, I couldn't even remember the name of the of the area we were at. We were oh. traveling from Illinois going to uh, to his duty station in Quantico, Virginia, and okay. when we stopped, I. I just never thought about where we were except for the situation that I wanted to go there. And I've thought about that numerous times. I had no idea where we were. In fact, that was the first time I'd ever seen grits and didn't know what in the world that was. So, <laughs> <laughs> what an adventure. Oh yes. Yes. So, so we have the work that you do, Shelley, which is wonderful, and how you, you offer this kind of peace to your clients. And then we also have people who are spontaneously remembering, usually like PK remembered something, and also children who are coming in with full memory of a past life. So there is a lot of, of evidence that this whole topic is really important for mental health and personal exploration. So it's it's really, I mean, it's not crazy. It's not weird. It's It should be considered a part of therapeutic tools, I think, at this point. Are you finding more acceptance with your work? I think that over the years, yes, more people um, do accept this as a possibility than probably, as you know, when I first started. Um, I The other thing that, that I guess people come up with, they they want to know, you know, 
where do these memories come from? What if this person's making it up? Like even the Bridie Murphy case that I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, mm-hmm. a lot of these debunkers wanted to debunk this woman and say, well, look, you just watched something on the Discovery Channel, and now you're just giving a report about something you saw on TV or read in a book when you were a girl. And I think that a lot of that debunking that can go on with this kind of stuff, to me, you know, I don't question as much about, you know, did the part, like, well, in in my book Livestream, for example, I, I apparently, I regressed several years ago five Cleopatras. So obviously it is impossible that they were all Cleopatra, but sometimes what comes up in a regression maybe isn't a past life, but it's more of an archetypal energy or kind of like you do dream work. It's kind of more like a dream imagery. So there's still validity, though, to what, bubbles up from the subconscious mind in these sessions and so that's why I try to make it clear to people exactly what you're talking about that this is a process and so the material that bubbles up from the subconscious mind it's coming up from for a reason the same (laughs) types of reasons that certain dream imagery comes up and things like that and it's important and so it can be used to better understand the self because when I ask people certain questions and I take them into that space, they're they're in a space where pictures, thoughts, and feelings begin to come up. And I say, hey, there's a little story you're telling yourself there. What is it? Okay, great. And mm-hmm. how does that little story apply to the things that we're doing in our current life? People always have an answer for it. And so I do think it's a very valuable therapeutic tool because it's an example of what we've been talking about also, about just getting up out of our daily reality and kind of viewing the world a little bit differently so we can come back into the present moment with a different perspective. It can be hugely, hugely transformational. As you do, you think, do you think that you mentioned about four or five Cleopatras? Do you think that each one could have possibly have been but coming from another point in time? That's another whole thing. I did another book many years ago called Beyond Reality where I uh-huh. I started to um, do experiments with clients who told me that they were living in alternative universes simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And so there is the theory of the multi, multi-worlds where, you know, we are living in a universe and there's another universe sitting next to us that's just a few millimeters away. So certainly it could also be possible, yeah, in my opinion, yes, that maybe these people were just on different timelines and that they were all sharing that same experience as Cleopatra. That's certainly, um, you know, it's up for grabs because, again, I, I still don't think we cannot fully understand ourselves when we're still down here in this experience that we're currently having. And so I think it's all possible and it's all up for our interpretation. Yes. Yep, that's that's true. I mean, I'll tell you, with dreams, it's very similar because people will say, well, I dreamt about a snake because I was watching National Geographic and they had a thing on snakes. Well, Mm -hmm. that's one image that you saw in the course of your day. How many other images did you see? So why did your dreaming mind pick that image? There's a reason for it. Just just like what you're saying with your clients, that they come up with whatever it might be true. It might be a story. It doesn't matter. There is some level of import about it, and mm-hmm. it will lead them back 
to wherever the block is or whatever the block is, and then you can help them clear it from there. So it it doesn't even matter, in my opinion, if it's if it really happened in a past life or if it didn't. If, if it brings you freedom, then who cares? I completely like agree with that. Drum, seeing what's going on and where it's coming from. That's that's the the difficult part is when we start feeling things and or feeling that we've seen something, it gives us that, am I really okay, or did I just slip a cog during the night, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, yeah, the freedom is what we all want. We all want to find peace, happiness, mm-hmm. joy, and freedom from, you know, struggling and suffering. And there's only so much you can do with this level of consciousness you know, without including other things. And so this is great that you're giving people the opportunity to do this type of therapy with you. Now, what if somebody wants to work with you, Shelley? How do they get a hold of you? Um, I've got some different session offerings on my website, which is at pastlifelady.com. I love that. <laughs> it is. It's very interesting also. It's a great, great web URL. So so they can go to your website. And now can you do this remotely or do you have to have them there in person? No, I've always done it remotely um, because I, get, I was on a lot of radio interviews back in the earlier 2000s and I just started having people contacting me from all over the place. So I've just out of necessity when people are not in the country or whatever, I've just always worked by phone and people... Some people just say, well, I couldn't possibly do that. But the reality is I'm tuning into people's energy, sending them energy Mm -hmm. while we're working. And if their eyes are closed during this meditative process, I feel that they're actually more comfortable in their homes. They've got their little jammies on. They're snuggled up in their safe space. They didn't have to worry about getting lost in traffic Mm -hmm. or whatever. And um, also because I'm kind of a (laughs) softy. Over the years, I mean, if somebody's sitting there and I've got to see their smiling little faces, it's, you know, I found that it's easier for me to deliver. You know, sometimes if I have to deliver tough love, which I don't always want to have to do, it's just easier for me to yeah, say what needs that to makes be said. Sense. Because I'm just too, you know, too softy for sometimes. So, well, but that's but it, it what makes you, you do. I think it's wonderful that you can do this over the phone. Or do you ever do it on Skype also? Skype, yeah. If people are out of the yeah. country or if they request it, yes, absolutely on Skype. Oh, I want to say I love yeah. Supernatural Girls. Are you kidding? Oh. That's like the best name in the world. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. It, well, we've it, been going it. strong now for, what, five years, I think. So, yeah. yes. Been a while, It's a great show because we get to meet people like you and promote your work, which we really believe in. I mean, this is oh, a gotcha. wonderful tool. And people should contact you. Again, that's pastlifelady.com. And, again, you have so many books. You People, go to Amazon.com and just type in Dr. Shelley Care, and, and that's spelled K-E-H-R. You will see all of her books there. But the ones we've been talking about tonight, which both PK and I have read, and they're excellent, Meet yes. Your Karma, The Healing Power of Past Life Memories, and past lives with pets. They're wonderful, they're hopeful, they're inspirational, and you get a peek into other people's lifetimes, which is pretty exciting. 
So make sure you get those books. They're great. And be sure to contact Shelley if you would like your own private session to find out where you've been these past few lifetimes. So <laughs> There's no well, telling. This has been, this has been great <laughs> fun. Shelley, thank you so much. So informative. And we really appreciate you spending your evening with us tonight. It was a delight, Shelley. Patricia and PK, I thank you so much, and thank you for what you're doing. Keep going with this show. It is wonderful, and it is so needed right now. Oh, thank you. you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. We plan on continuing on. That's our our job. Yay. (laughs) Right. And please get back to us with any new books that you have planned. We'd love to have you back on the show. Definitely. Again, everybody, I just want to announce uh, Tom Palladino, again, is offering free Scalar treatment for the virus. You can reach him at scalarlight.net. That's S-C-A-L-A-R, light.net. Very simple to do, no cost at all, free treatment for the next 30 days. So spread the word about that. You can go to our Facebook page, share it from there if you'd like, to your friends and your family. We'll be back next week, everybody, with another great show. We're going to be talking about the virus from an astrological standpoint, and we're going to be talking about prophecies. What's coming up next? You're going to want to hear all about it, so don't miss it. Until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.